Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcast. I'm Alan. This is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's This World Series one book at a time. This month we're discussing book 39, Snuff. Yep. Coming up on the end. <sighs> it's the last watch book. Yeah. I think Vimes shows up as a cameo in uh Yeah, in the, fi- in the, the final Steam book one. we yeah. get... Oh, I, he might show up in the I think Steam he's one. in the Steam one. But in the final one we get a sequence. I won't spoil it for those of you who have not gotten to it. Uh, but there's a sequence where we get an opportunity to check in with most mm-hmm. everyone across all the books of all the series. Like he very much knows the last book is the last book. Right. But this is this is it as far as Vimes being center stage. This is pretty much like yeah, we might get a quick cameo from some of the watch guys, but this is This is the last watch like, book. Series rap on Nobby, series rap on Cheery and so forth. Which is, you know, I love these guys. Mm-hmm. It's that's sad. I'm 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 happy that we're reaching the end of a project. Like it feels nice yeah. to complete something, but this also feels like something that I could just do forever. Yeah. I have I mean, mixed feelings about that. I, I mean, mean, I love these books. Yeah, but... but book series eventually get bad if you let a book series go on long enough. Well, you have a lot more experience reading, I mean, reading in general, but reading genre fiction mm-hmm. and reading series. Is there another series as consistently good as this, bearing in mind that we've pointed out the ups and downs as we go like not n- not really um i'm i'm sure there must be some but most long running fantasy series are bad <laughs> are there are there many that have made it to 40 books yes. i mean i know there's a few but they're i believe entirely bad like... okay <laughs> I, that's what that's kind of what i figured a, a lot of the stuff that tends to be kind of long lived is the really generic fantasy ass fantasy stuff yeah um, like the dragon riders and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's something where if it gets long enough, it kind of loses kind of loses it. Whereas I think the Discworld fandom and we in particular mm-hmm. are of the opinion, mostly, mm-hmm. that this series got better and better as it went. Like there were a couple of weird stumbles yep. the last couple of books, like Unseen Academicals and uh, Making Money were... Mm-hmm weirdly for where they are in the series weirdly misstepped what are watching reading these again i think the last like i wouldn't say that the um that the books were in a curve where the beginning was a little rough the middle was really good and the end was a little rough again right but the end is definitely rougher than i remember yeah although i actually and we'll get into this in a moment yeah i like this one better than i remembered um, and I already remembered liking this right. one. So that's good. And I don't have much memory of the next one. But the last one, as we've discussed yeah. before, even on pure sentiment, which 42 books in, he's earned. Yes. It's great. But I think I think it's a good book in and of itself. We'll talk about it in, very soon. I remember it being like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like not a bad book, not like... Not a slog. I, I, remember it being, I just remember it being okay. Of the five Tiffany books, I remember it being not the best, but not the worst. Tiffany books. I thought the Steam one was the no, I'm t- one. No, that's what I'm saying. The okay. last one. Oh, yeah. No, I remember the... I like the last book quite a bit. Um, And then the Steam book, I think, is like, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember that. And you had mentioned that that might be one of the sort of Angmore Pork ensemble books. Yeah. Like, we might get a little bit of everybody in that, which is good. We'll get more Veterinary, if nothing else. Yeah. Because... That guy's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's dive into this one. Uh, what do you got for a summary? Okay. Vimes goes on vacation and saves goblins. That is perfectly succinct. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what happens. Those are the things that happen. Yep. And Vimes, as you might expect, not a character that wants to go on vacation. No, there's... And there are some very good sequences in this talking about how out of place he feels because they go to Sybil's uh, country estate. Yeah. Like out in the out in the farm times. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't have cobbles under his feet and he feels lost. Oh, and a, the society is very different too. There's a great bit where he's trying to fall asleep mm-hmm. and the sound of a watchman standing near outside his window yelling, it's such and such a yeah. clock and all's well, not happening is keeping him awake. The silence is keeping him right. awake. And it's not even that it's quiet. It's the wrong kind of noise. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we're yeah. married, we share a bed, like I sleep with white noise Scandalous. every night. I know, but I, I sleep with white noise mm-hmm. and it's a very specific, like I've tried to change it and mm-hmm. it's just not right. Like it's it's that 
and then there's me who, if you it. put me on a tarp on the floor, I fall asleep. Right, but but here's a pile of rocks to sleep in. I, no problem. When I changed up the white noise, you were like, "Oh, I don't like ocean waves. Go back to rain." Yeah, there's a there was the ocean. Oh, this is more than people want to know. There was a break in the ocean waves where there was silence for about three minutes, and then it crashed mm-hmm. back into it, and I found that disruptive. Yeah, but that's what I, what I'm getting at is I I can relate to your subconscious. Mm-hmm being aware of silence or not silence or just a rhythm that you always have Mm -hmm. and that made sense there was so much good vibe stuff in this now the bit where he's out for a walk it's uh i've got actually i highlighted it It says Mm -hmm. after 10 minutes of walking vimes was lost not physically lost but metaphorically spiritually lost the fragrances of the hedgerows were somehow without body compared to the robust stink of the city and he had not the faintest idea what the rustling in the undergrowth was he recognized heifers and bullocks because he had often walked through the slaughterhouse district, but the ones out here weren't bewildered by fear and stared at him carefully as he walked past, as if they were calmly taking notes. Like, it was just, he just like, ugh, everything here. It's all yep. bad. Yep. And good. I mean, you and I are largely city people yes. now, but we've also lived in rural areas, yep. but you can still relate. Like, when you go out to the, not the wilderness, but, you know, where there aren't a lot of people, it's like, how do you, how do you live like this? Hmm. Not even Weird. a judgy way, just a just a genuine baffling, like bafflement of mm-hmm. like how how do you oh your food is there on the farm you have to go make those things that the animals have done for you into food exhausting yeah you, there's no store you have to do it yourself but Ugh. but then you have it fresh and it's like there's you know I don't know I like this and that kind of leads into my good thing mm-hmm. even after all this time Vimes is. St- Still struggling with who he is, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that he doesn't fit in with the knobs, and he doesn't want to. Like, there is a world where a character in his situation would let himself just become... Like, right. Okay, I've married a noblewoman. I have an important title. I should fall in line mm-hmm. and be like these people. He doesn't do that. He hates those people. He's still got that streak of old stone face in him, and he'll always hate that. There's a bit where um, he's talking to someone, and they're describing... Um, a smith in town and they say jack thinks he's better than his master mm-hmm. meaning that you know the the just the regular guy thinks that he's just as good as the yeah the like, apprentice the, thinks he's as good as the the, the main guy. also you know like the the high class he thinks he's as good as the right, high class right. guy and vime goes on saying well you could say i started out as a jack yeah. and now i'm the master of the watch but i'm still a jack down yeah, he, deep inside. And there's there's so many layers to that because there's I I just realized just now as you described that there's a bit about are the cops really like is that one of those jobs that's important enough to to make him, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. being the head of that, they're still sort of working people. That doesn't really make him, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not like the guilds, it's not like I, that's just an interesting observation, I think. But also, he's such an egalitarian. He's such a man of the people. He thinks of the police. I, 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 we've said this many mm-hmm. times as the fantasy police, mm-hmm. as what the police should be. The ideal of, I am here among the people, as one of the people, to represent the people. I answer to the law. And I love all of that. And there's a lot of good stuff about that in this one, because he goes out outside of his jurisdiction here mm-hmm. into the country where the law is very different. Yes. And it reminds him of how Ankh-Morpork used to be where the entire point of the police was putting down like rebellious servants. It, it was to enforce the will of the patrician. Yeah. And until Vetinari, that was something bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Vetinari, as we have explored in many, many books, is a unique, you know, Yes, he's a tyrant, but he also wants to... The, what I love, and it's made mm-hmm. apparent, like, if you've read it before, if you're rereading it, or if, like us, you're you're sort of skimming through to remind yourself, at the very beginning, mm-hmm. the first words of the book are Vetinari reading a book on goblins. Mm-hmm. He knew what was going on. He sent Vimes, like, he put all this in motion. He put the idea in Sybil's head that Vimes needs to go out to the country wouldn't it be nice for him to have a vacation? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because there are problems and the official arm of Ankh-Morpork can't reach that far, but it still needs to be fixed. And, oh, I know how to fix this. And, you know, it would be very usual for him to go out to the country and see his holdings. He's There's got nothing wrong with that. That's, that belongs to Sybil and now him. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love Vimes. Like, 
there's a bit at the beginning mm-hmm. where they're showing up to the to the palatial mm-hmm. estate and he gets out and like shakes hands with the gardener or mm-hmm. something and it scandalizes everyone mm-hmm. because he did, it's just not done and at this stage it's not Terry Pratchett repeating because he's done that before right it's he knows now and he's doing it to fuck with people yeah he's doing it deliberately just to show them i guess like hey what what is what is, what even is this this mm-hmm. is stupid and Sybil has learned how to weaponize that. Mm-hmm. She brings him to functions and asks questions that cause him to be this disruptive force mm-hmm. on purpose, which I love. Well, we get into a sequence uh, that is supposed to be sort of an Austinian... Uh... Can, can we come back to yes. that? Yes. Only yep. because that's my quote and it's three pages long yep. and I've been talking a lot. So. Okay, very good. Um, well, let's... I want to get into my bad thing. Yes, please. And in order to get into my bad thing, I want to start with my quote because okay. it's all kind of um it's all kind of uh connected. Yep. And there we go. Um so in this book, um we have the goblins uh who are like an oppressed fantasy race in this. One thing I really appreciated mm-hmm. and I think I pointed this out before mm-hmm. is how he seeded the idea of goblins, mm-hmm. like goblins didn't just appear from out of nowhere because they hadn't been in earlier books. Right. But the last three or four books, Tiffany's mentioned the evil goblin mm-hmm. in the storybook. And, and Vimes actually read the same book. Yes, that's come up two or three yeah. different times in different contexts because it's a widely circulated book. And uh, uh, what's his name in Unseen Academicals thought he was a goblin before, not, yeah, yeah. before he realized he was an orc. So... All the groundwork has been laid, so when they show up, it's not like, oh, now we're dealing with the new issue. Here's a thing he just pulled out of his ass. Right. No, he, 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 I liked that. So in this, it's really sort of um, getting rights to the goblins. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the that's sort of the through line of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, uh, Vime, or Vimes is talking to Vetnari, mm-hmm. and Vetnari says, You have won, Commander. You have won. Because of a song, Commander. Oh, and of course, other efforts, but was your wife, who got most of the ambassadors to her little amusement, which I may say, Vimes, was eloquence personified. Though frankly, Vimes, I find myself shamed. One spends one life scheming, negotiating, giving and taking, and greasing the wheels as squeak, and in general doing one's best to stop this battered old world world from exploding into pieces. And now, because of a piece of music, Vimes, a piece of music, some very powerful states have agreed to work together to heal the problem of another autonomous state, and almost its collateral, turn some animals into people at a stroke. Can you imagine that, Vimes? In what world could that possibly happen? All because of a song at Twilight, Vimes. All because of a song. It was a thing of strangely tinkling tones and unbelievable cadences, which somehow found its way into our souls, reminding some of us that we have some. have some. Lady Civil is worth a dozen diplomats. You're a lucky man, Commander. So, no, real quick. You had said this is your bad thing. You misspoke. It's actually your good thing. No, no, no. This is my bad thing. Is it? Yes. Okay. I did not misspeak. Okay. Uh, so we can talk about my good thing later. Okay. Uh, throughout this book, we have a lot of people telling Vimes what an amazing woman Sybil is. Mm, okay. And we see her doing these amazing things. Mm-hmm. She Vimes runs around and does the Vimes thing. Uh, yeah, and like, like I said, she learned how to sort of point him at things right. to make to to work to their advantage. But he goes and has caves, adv- cave adventures, and boat mm-hmm. adventures, and he's out doing police stuff. But she's working uh, with other important ladies, and that's the real reason the goblins become mm-hmm. like free and have rights and no, there's a, become there's a real people. Great sequence where he's breaking down doors and so forth and she's just writing letters mm-hmm. and that's what gets it done she i said to you yeah. when we were listening to it she's like the the horrible karen wants to speak mm-hmm. to your manager but the best possible version yep. of that because she gets it done and so it's not just veterinary that talks about how important and how mm. like special she is other people keep bringing it up to vimes and vimes knows this he knows it intellectually mm-hmm. but this whole fucking book is his shitty, ha-ha, horrible wife jokes. 
the whole way through. He's talking about, oh, she wants me to eat well and she manages my this and manages my that. And we have another character, the colonel, who also has a horrible wife who's doing bad stuff and sort of like oppressing him. And so it's horrible wife jokes and fat jokes the whole way through again. And it's just, ah, oh, it sucks. There aren't that many fat jokes. There are a couple. And but again, to be clear, we've complained about this, like yeah. particularly with Agnes, yeah. but uh, in other books as well. It's not that bad. I can't deny that you're correct. I guess because there's so much good stuff in this book, I mm-hmm. just kind of had to resign myself to... It's like when we watch old movies. Right. And you... Okay, someone in blackface might show up, mm-hmm. which is going to make us want to like throw the TV out the window. We're just going to have to fast forward past that part and watch the other two-thirds of a good movie. It's it's just this so late in the series for him still to I, be doing this, but he never stopped. I, first of all, don't think, like, oh boy, this is hard to navigate. Come on, say it to me. No. Look into my eyes no, and tell not. me why this is good. No, I, I don't think it's good at all, first of all, but I don't think it's necessarily as bad as you're interpreting mm. it. I think it's, and again, this is the part that's a little dicey. Mm-hmm. I don't think it comes from a place of sexism. I I think it comes from a place of lazy stereotypes. I don't think there is so much good, positive, like so many good, positive female characters in this. There are women all over the place where there don't quote unquote need to be. He's gotten so much better at navigating the cock forest. We got Felicity Beadle. Mm -hmm. We got uh, uh, Cheery got some great stuff Mm -hmm. in the city. We got Tears of the Mushroom. Like, uh, uh, there's a few others that are escaping me, but I know there were. Like, there's there's a lot of decent women. And he, the, the passage that I'm going to read a little bit later is him basically saying, you ladies out here in the country could go to the city and be treated like people instead of, like, property. Why don't you do that? Like, Vimes, I don't think is inherently a sexist guy. He just sees marriage this way, and it's such a weird thing. And that, in a way makes it kind of worse. I get what you're saying. Because yeah. he's pointing it at Sybil, the woman that he loves, and he does love her. It's yeah. like, that's textually in the books, but he just like, I don't, we do the thing where she's talking and he ignores her again yeah. in this. He talks about, oh, women be packing, etc. There's, there's a fair amount of that. And it goes both ways because there's also a fair amount of, oh, men, mm-hmm. they just think with their dicks or they just charge in and fight. And like, no. I hate that too. Yeah. I mean, that's all part of the same thing. Yeah. And, but it starts in a place of, I think, observational humor. I like the observation, for instance, Neither person sharing a marriage bed will admit that they're the one who snores. Mm-hmm. That's cute. It's relatable. It's kind of funny. It doesn't put one or the other at, at blame. It's just kind of an equal thing. And I think that's the slope he gets on and it gets slipperier and slipperier. Is he like, oh, yeah, and also this. And have you noticed this? And like, I like the bit about uh, the best way to keep a marriage together is having separate sinks. Yeah. I kind of kind of buy into that. It's nice to have your own space. I- but. He's, no, it feels like he's trying to do some sort of observational comedy on marriage, and he's usually very good at that, but he gets carried away. And Plus, he was in his 60s in these last books, and he's, yeah, he's probably shown, got some old ideas he, he's about He's shown this. that he can grow about so many things, and he's a man who was married for a lot of years, and he seemed to love and trust his yeah, wife that's, very that's, much. That's like, what I was building yeah. to, is like he was old, and he changed his opinion on external things a lot but i bet a lot of this just came from his own marriage they probably were very probably a bit conservative i'm guessing like traditional marriage kind of man does this woman does this I'm, i'm presuming things but i can see i'm not making apologies for it i agree with you it's tedious it made it, me roll my eyes but it didn't ruin the book every for time it happened it was it pulled me right out of it well, Vimes is because such Because it happened a, a lot. It did happen a lot. It is this a lot was, of this book. This was not, like, in some of the other books, you get one or two, and it's easier to sort of move on. But every time I'd start kind of grooving with the book, then well, there'd be that. And it's, it'd be like, Vimes, appreciate your damned wife. Well, it's because Sybil, and we remembered Sybil being a great character, yeah. and she is, if you dig her out, mm-hmm. but she's under a lot of other stuff. 
there is a good character there and and good actions and some good scenes with her but now that we're done with her Mm -hmm. it's sad to see she's barely a presence but this is the book where she's around the most and so it's the most about the two of them so it comes up more yeah but their marriage i mean they love each other and they but they don't seem close you know now what i do like about this there is an aspect i do i agree with you that like I said, I don't mm-hmm. like that stuff. It just didn't ruin the book for me. It was just kind of like, okay, old man, come on. You, Vimes is a fucking social justice warrior. I've said this many times. Why is he such a caveman when it comes to this? But I think some of it is, and I did like this, Sybil saying, come on, you're a civilized person now. You're a, you're a knob now. You can't act like this. And if it wasn't framed as a gender thing, mm-hmm. but as a class thing, I think it would have worked better. That would have been so much better because she... She genuinely, like, there's an idea with, like, when you have classes like that, mm-hmm. that the upper classes are supposed to help take care of the lower classes. Yes. And they don't because people are terrible. No, if you give someone power over someone else, they're going to lord it over them. It's a lot like the, the general idea of Christianity being twisted over the years. Same, same idea. Exactly. So she's, the, she's sort of the ideal of that. She's the one who actually does take care of yes. the people who are like lower class than her mm-hmm. um so yeah if it was this is how sort of like how police are idealized this could be how like rich people rich are. people are idealized yeah. which again there's no such thing as a good rich person no Just and like... <laughs> and to be fair yeah vimes might be the only one in these in these yeah. books like he doesn't trust them either and that's yeah. why he has such a hard time adjusting because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be one of them because no, they're they terrible. they suck. They're terrible. And Lady Sybil's like the only decent mm-hmm. one. And sometimes she can sort of kick the ankles of her fellows and say, hey, wake be up. Be better. Knock it off. Yeah. But some of it read like, come on, you're, you're, you're better than this now. You have to wake up. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to act like a grown-up. And again, if it hadn't been framed... Like, if she'd taken him under her wing yeah. and said, here's how you act in society, like, that would have been better. It wasn't like that, though. You're not wrong. Yeah. No, so I just, it, it really, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you're not Sucked. wrong. It's, again, there's so much good social justice. And mm-hmm. that's one of the big things I love about this one is we've seen marginalized people mm-hmm. Who have their own culture and their own, like, Mm -hmm. they exist in and of themselves and they just need to melt into the melting pot. This is different. This is someone that everyone looks down on, everyone kicks, everyone sees as animals, like, even they think they're worthless. Vetinari says at the beginning that he talks about sort of the melting pot of Mm -hmm. Ankh-Morpork Pork, and he says, you know, he's talking to Drumknot and he says, we have trolls and we have vampires and werewolves and all of these people are accepted uh, but the goblins are not and it's because the lion will respect another predator like you've got mm-hmm. two predators we sort of see our viciousness in each yeah. other and and the, trolls and dwarfs and everything have all been depicted as being yeah equally capable of horrible things yeah and then he says even uh the prey like the, the lion can lay down with the lamb because they're they feel like they're part of the same thing, mm-hmm. but where you can't is where uh, you have the lion laying down with the rat, which mm-hmm. was such a like such a gut punch thing to say. And that yep. was actually my good thing was the discussion of turning an entire people, an entire race into vermin so you can treat them badly. Right, and that goes back to Granny's thing way back talking about what evil is is treating people like things mm-hmm. is making them less than people well, that's so that's one ugh. of the great quotes from Discworld. Yeah. that's one of the like top five things people quote from this series yeah. because it's such an amazing and and you you wrote it down here humanism like yeah. just his, his humanistic philosophy all of that i love that vimes like in previous books that mm-hmm. nari's always had to flip that switch in mm-hmm. Vimes. he's always had to say here you have a dwarf and a troll mm-hmm. on the force. This is normal now. Now it's Live vampire it. times. Now it's vampire. But mm-hmm. g- gradually, it mm-hmm. was it was them first. Then it was the werewolf. Then it was you know, mm-hmm. and so on and so on. And every time he's gradually. This time he didn't need Vetinari to do it. He saw the injustice. The switch flipped on its own. Mm-hmm. He said, "This is wrong. These are people. Fuck this. I'm gonna fix it." And part of um, what we were, what you were talking about near the end when he's talking to Vetinari mm-hmm. is. He's he said these people 
killed and enslaved sapien people, mm -hmm. that should be illegal. And Vetinari keeps saying it should be, and but it, it wasn't. It, it is, will be it's going now. forward. Yes. Now it is illegal. You can't prosecute people for doing something that wasn't a crime mm -hmm. yet. And Fimes, but it was still wrong. Yes, I should be able to. And Vetinari says you can't have the crime before the law. Which... And, and, and Vimes thinks that you can. Yes, because Vimes, there's, there's a... There's a little bit of the, you know, the old-fashioned bad cop the in thing Vimes. Is, no, it's it's the same when you apply too much logic mm -hmm. to it. When you get really down into it, of course, it's terrible. He's kind of a fascist. But we're in a weird gray area because it's not full-on just cartoon mm -hmm. whatever. There's definitely some realism in there. But you have, like, it's kind of like when you deal with Batman. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, if Batman was a real thing, <laughs> Batman be... sucks. But but a lot of people have taken that to its logical yeah. conclusion and written Batman as just a full-on fascist, as a full-on yeah. totalitarian. And Vimes, with a little tweak, could be that too. Yeah. But he isn't, and there's been entire books about this Why powerful voice in his head that keeps mm -hmm. him from being that, and it's still a thing, and I like that. But I love that he gets it in his head that someone killed a goblin and that's wrong, and you might think they're animals, but the switch is flipped in yeah. my head now and it doesn't matter. It's because Vetinari's been winding him up so much. Vetinari <laughs> definitely had a hand in this, yeah. no, no doubt, but this was the first time we've seen Vimes do it independently, more or less. He's just, it's just Vetinari's terrier again. He I know. Vimes is, uh, Vetinari has, uh, like Pavlov's dogged him into doing this now. Yeah, but if you train your dog to yeah. be a better dog, yeah. that's good. <laughs> and that's what he's done. I I just, I love it so much. And I love... Oh, and he puts him away again at the end of the sequence. Mm -hmm. Like, just like every other time, yep. he takes Vimes out for the job he needs them for. Yep. And then he just turns him off again. Yep. So good. It is. Um, All of that being said, mm -hmm. like, again... Dealing with the goblins as a different kind of race, as a mm -hmm. different kind of people that we've never really seen. Like, we've seen the dwarfs and the trolls mm -hmm. struggle with e equality. We've seen the black ribboners, we've, mm -hmm. you know, but this is a different thing, like you said. And there's some parallels with African slavery. There's some other parallels. And this, this gets into my bad thing. Yeah. I get what he was going for with the whole goblin playing beautiful music mm -hmm. thing. That was part of your quote there. And those passages are really well written. Yep. Like, he really gets the idea across it with some beautiful prose mm -hmm. about all of these people, even Vimes, who doesn't give a fuck. Like, if you can't whistle it walking home, he says, yeah. I don't care about music. I'm not a music guy. I, I yeah, All right. I get you. Like, Sib as, a, as, a, as a knob now, mm -hmm. like, Sybil drags him to the opera sometimes, but he, like, well... See, that I saw as a class thing. This is your responsibility. You have to be seen at the opera. But she also says you can also take a nap. We're up in our box. Who cares? Yeah, but it it wasn't a class thing. It was a, my wife is dragging me something to something horrible this, I don't want to do. This was one of the times I interpreted it the other way. And maybe I just mm. chose to do that. No, I know. I know. You can't, you can't see this because it's an audio medium, but I'm making a face. She's Yeah. And look, I'm not, you're not wrong. I just, I love this character so much mm -hmm. that I have to. <laughs> like I have to turn that off or or I won't like the character as much. Um but e even Vimes is won over by this just beautiful music and again, amazing prose that really gets this point across. That being said, it's maybe not the best message that marginalized people only have value if they can contribute something. Yeah. Like I guess the point could have been that humans wouldn't have reacted so strongly otherwise, like mm -hmm. maybe it was a commentary on how, you know, humans are sentimental. Or white people don't think you're valuable until you can give them something yeah is kind of how i saw it because i've always seen humans as the stand-in for you know white yeah. people that's how i see it in star trek also um but that part of it wasn't really talked about i kind of had to fill in that blank it, it, there's there's a larger discourse going on about fantasy races standing in for well that's where uh, i'm yeah. going with this yeah so first of all, there's the idea of people thought goblins were worthless, but look, they can play pretty music, so they must be good. That's uh, that's not a great message. Mm -hmm. But there's also some pretty straightforward one-to-one -one, uh, Native American stuff going mm -hmm. on. Uh, Stinky the Goblin, mm -hmm. which, and there's also some, some like, African-American stuff there, because early on, like, post-slavery, mm -hmm. A lot of, like, unfortunate people of color kept the horrible names that people gave them because 
Either they didn't know better, or maybe there would be an ironic, I don't know, but it was still mean. couple of white guys talking about this. No, of course, yeah. of course, of course. I, I would like to apologize now. Yes. And I would also like to apologize afterwards. But this is my understanding, and do you, do you, so no, far that, you think I'm, yeah. Yes, but again. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know, I know. But it feels like that. It feels like, you know, in the late 1800s, you had people of color walking around with the most horribly offensive names because uh, any number of reasons and calling him stinky the goblin it was the same thing when people were immigrating into the country and we couldn't say their gross foreign names there's definitely some of that too but the fact that they all have names that are i'm sure there are some native Mm -hmm. tribes that do this but it's also very movie indian Mm -hmm. it's very dances with wolves walks with whatever they all have names like that uh the 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 goblin girl who plays the harp is Tears of the Mushroom. Mm-hmm. And and they all have like descriptive names like that, which are interesting, but it kind of maps. Young Sam says, but mushrooms shouldn't cry. And that was very, that was actually a sweet moment. It was very good. Yeah. But like Terry Pratchett's on the right side of history, his heart's in the right place. But he himself has said, I've read quotes from mm-hmm. him. He said, you don't map your fantasy characters one-to-one mm-hmm. to real life cultures. And it felt, especially in the third act mm-hmm. when they're, they're racing toward the, the, mm-hmm. like the the big finale and there's a big action sequence and stinky the goblins riding on a horse and it it just feels like it's tonto, also there's also know? some white savior stuff there is where vimes is coming in and actually we mad arthur the same mm-hmm. is coming in and solving yes these problems no it definitely read like oh. uh like uh django unchained which is a movie you and i both enjoyed but yep. also we recognize it's Tarantino doing a lot of white savior stuff and, you know. Yeah, also, Tarantino's dead to me. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, but fuck I was, him forever. Okay, but I'm just talking about, there was a time, yeah. like, in 2013, where you and I literally watched that movie every night for, like, two months. We loved it, but we also well, understood. Because there's also some, there's something very satisfying about seeing something really terrible happening and then it being st- Stopped. And it being a, ve- a story of vengeance, yeah, where the person who was traumatized by that gets to take revenge. It was yeah. nice, but it's still some white savior bullshit, yeah. and there's still a lot oh, of. Oh, Jamie Foxx is so good, man. I know, but my point is, there's a bit of that going on here too. Yeah, and and there's there's something like I say that feels very satisfying about a bad thing happening and someone saying no. We will not allow this bad thing because y- you want to think that when you see bad things happening, you will be the person who does that. Yes. Except you won't because you're terrible. No, and it's good to celebrate people mm-hmm. that do that. It's just they're not the only heroes of that narrative. Yeah. And they shouldn't be the primary heroes of the narrative. And they are sh- a helpful force. <laughs> it shouldn't be some white guy coming in and solving But the thing is, problems. sometimes the person in power is the only one who, yeah. who can get the ball rolling. But when you're telling the story, but it's co- this is a this is a pretty tricky needle to thread. It's complicated. It's yeah. very complicated. And like I say, in in sort of discussing fantasy, and I am not an expert in this, so no, but you know more than me. I I apologize now, and I apologize afterwards. Okay, this show's going to be all apologies. <laughs> Everyone all knows. <laughs> um, but there's um. Uh, a larger discussion in fantasy about well what they're talking about mostly now is orcs Mm -hmm. and how uh there's a lot of like racist stuff that goes Mm -hmm. into that and how uh, you know it's it's it could in a lot of ways it's really bad because it's not just some fantasy race that Mm -hmm. doesn't like have any connection to anything else like you know if it was just some fantasy race it wouldn't really matter as much it wouldn't be super satisfying to have like you know hordes of orcs who don't have a personality and who are Mm -hmm. just a horde like that's not really very satisfying storytelling wise but also there's a racist element to it so that kind of lends itself to this as well like it's a problem with fantasy no and to be fair he's on the right side of all of this yes he's He's got his heart in the right place. And there is a discussion about exactly what you were just talking yep. about with Vimes and the villagers mm-hmm. near the end, where they're like, yeah, we all knew what was going on with the goblins was wrong, but we didn't do anything. We didn't feel like we were, we were the right people to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Vimes is like, I'm kind of surprised I did. Yeah. like, And there's also a really good bit where um, Angua is in the city talking about uh, the Ankh-Morpork melting pot, where mm-hmm. she says... Look at all of us becoming human. 
Yep. Like, it's not that these cultures are coming to the city and still getting to no, they're all be themselves. They're assimilating and just, they're all becoming human. Look they're losing everything. Look at all becoming mainstream white people. Yeah. And that's... Which is... That's a good observation. That's a good observation. It's also, it's pretty brutal and it's pretty, yes. it's pretty insightful that's what for I'm this. He knows a lot of what he's talking about. Yeah. He, it's not like, oh, I can't just excuse this is another old white guy mm-hmm. thing because he's, he clearly knows. He's talking about a lot of good mm-hmm. parts of it. It just, sometimes the goblins, broadly speaking, I think it's a good story of like... People who were treated as less than, mm-hmm. and they're not anymore, and that's good. But the slavery stuff felt really like they were crammed into ships. Mm-hmm. That reminded me, like, I know you're not a Spielberg fan, but it reminded me a lot of the movie Amistad. Mm-hmm. And and it might have been intentional. He pastiches all over the mm-hmm. place. There's, like, We Met Arthur goes to Hwandaland, which mm-hmm. is Africa. Right. Which, again, he's doing the one-to-one. He says he, yes. you shouldn't, and then he literally But he put does. these enslaved goblins in his fake Africa. Mm-hmm. Like to you know, to, and they're going to a tobacco plant to yeah, work there. It's so, like it's, and again, I get what he's doing. Yeah. He's trying to talk about important issues, and there's a lot of good stuff there. And you know, yes, it's bad to focus the narrative of this stuff on mm-hmm. the white savior and all that. I acknowledge all that. I think it's correct. It felt better when we were looking at it from like I, Unseen Academicals was not a great book. No, um, but. These discussions felt better when they were coming from the character who was going through it. I suppose that so. it was happening to them I, instead of happening to this third party. I what what I was getting at there though yeah. was, I I acknowledge all of that yeah. is not the best way to handle it. That said, the reason I like Vines, the reason he's my favorite character mm-hmm. of this series of pretty much all of fiction, is that I relate. Like I, uh, he's an ally. He's like. When we watched the Wonder Woman movie, which mm-hmm. was pretty okay, I loved the depiction of Steve Trevor as he wasn't the hero by any stretch of the imagination. He was an ally. He was like the dude who had to step back for the person who had the magic powers, but also he did his best to support her. He did his best. Like, it's just showing people being allies is as almost as important. It's nice to show people like a path. Like, this is how you can do it without being terrible. Right. And this dude who's constantly challenging his assumptions and constantly trying to make society a better place. Yes, we've talked at length now about how problematic that all can be. But there's a germ of very good stuff in there. And it's the thing I find tremendously relatable because he he wants to be a better person and he wants other people to be better people. And he thinks he, he comes at it thinking that he is a bad person who needs to be better yes not that he's good now and everyone else needs to catch up yeah no he he thinks that he's and there's a lot of talk about that in this too where vimes thinks i'm not good and i need to make sure that i act good yeah and i like i like that no and i like and again i wish it had been handled better but what you talked about earlier i like that he and sybil are 100 on the same page Mm -hmm. here they use the different means they have at their Mm -hmm. disposal to make things happen and in this particular case she got it done According to Vetinari, and mm-hmm. you know, like better than anyone, anyone because, yeah. but they make such a good team, yeah. Which is why all that husband wife stuff is even more frustrating because they make such a good team. They do, and I, I want that. Yeah. I want like the reason yeah. I hate it so much is because I want it so bad. Yeah, I wanna, I want like a description of just them. Like, I'll take the low road, you take the high yeah. road, and we'll, we'll solve this problem like we yeah. solve every problem and you know i like all of that uh one thing this book had mm-hmm. that i that i really enjoyed was young sam is now a walking talking character yes he's very enjoyable yes before he was the barely gibbering like toddler yeah. or, or infant that vimes read books to but now he's six years old and he's reading to vimes which yes. is a nice turnaround that was very good because yep. Earlier in the book, it's like, oh, good, reading to young Sam is still important. But then a little later, he's like, yeah, he reads to me. And I love all of that. I love... So it turns out there's there's a children's book author, Felicity Beadle, who at the time when this book came out, I thought was supposed to be J.K. Rowling. Mm -hmm. She's so much better than J.K. Rowling. Yeah. (laughs) There's also actually some... Like, we have the Jane Austen section later, but there's also some Jane Austen in uh, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Beadle. I could see yeah. that because she lives out in the, the country and like, yeah. writes popular books. Yeah. Um, but uh, she writes these books about like rude bodily functions mm-hmm. in a way that gets kids interest because right. what's more interesting to a six-year-old than poop. farts or poop yeah. or whatever? 
And then she sort of Trojan horses them into learning things. Mm -hmm. And as a result, he's like young Sam is fascinated with poop. But what this turns into is what they say later in the book is he's inherited Vimes's uh, uh, like analytical mind mm -hmm. and like his his mind for details and and putting it all together and the Ramkin uh, tendency to, to muck about as they say we've seen Sybil with her dragons we've yep. seen her other ancestors like and that's sort of like an Englishy English thing where you've got these care like these uh, characters who have like a passion like they have mm -hmm. a job that they do their job, but they come home every night and go into their shed and work on their, like, their great interest. Right. Uh, and so the Ramkins are sort of an example of that. Yeah, and when you're money. the idle rich, all you have is, is your passions. You don't need to worry about going to a job. But what it ends up being is the combination of these two things. And it's nice because we've seen evidence of this. This, this didn't come from out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. We know this about these two characters. Their son is probably going to be a great scientist or in this world, maybe a wizard. Yeah. But like, because he wants to analyze and, and mm -hmm. just like follow it to its, you know, to an answer. It's it's such a good, like, I would have loved, it, I mean, I would love if Terry Pratchett was still alive and yeah, writing me too. books, obviously. But, and we'll talk about this a lot with the last book. I always try to imagine, like, what would have happened after this. Mm -hmm. Like, he obviously had plans for Ink Morpork. Like the, the Great Undertaking. Yeah, and yeah. we don't really get much more with that. We get a, We get a mention here and there, but that's it. But... I'm glad we at least got to see young Sam as a person mm -hmm. instead of just as a prop. I'm glad he showed up once. It would have been great to watch him in successive books grow up and become like a man. But at least we got a little bit. There's a good bit, and this will sort of bring us into talking about Willikins, who mm -hmm. I loved, yep. uh, where Willikins and Vimes are talking, and Willikins is talking about how he might be, you know, a great natural philosophy guy right. or a wizard and he's like well you wouldn't want him to be a cop admit it you, yeah of course you wouldn't want him to be a cop mm -hmm. it's terrible yeah and Vimes says, of course not yeah no i don't want that yeah it always throws me like and a lot of you listening probably mm -hmm. don't know about this that i was involved with we, we did a series of comedy sketches and, and a video game mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago it's it's a free game like go check it out if you'd like uh and by we he means uh him and matt yeah his writing partner not you me. were you were involved with it a bit a but, little bit yeah but it's called the adventures of nick and willikins and willikins is the manservant but it's a very different character and matt or i thought we came up with an original name Butlery for this butler. sounding name. And it turns out we stole it from Discworld. Yeah. So every time, because I've been playing and writing this character for years and years, I always say, oh. You've done hundreds of hours of yes. audio of this character. It's, it's so strange that he's named Willikins, but this one came first and probably was the inspiration for ours. Yep. So that said, this is a great book for him. Yeah, he we've, we've met him in previous books. We met him out in the desert in Jingo, uh, where it turns out, uh, instead of just being sort of like a stuffy butler, he's also kind of a killer. And yeah, it's nice because Vimes like goes into this life of privilege and was like, "Ugh, you're the butler." And it turns out, nope, they grew up like two blocks apart mm -hmm. from each other and may have tried to kill each other at some point because they're both from the tough streets. Yeah, and we didn't get a ton of him being a, like a, a street tough in that book. There was a little bit of it, but yeah, it we really heard about of, his background, but we yeah. didn't really see much. But in this one, it sort of blossoms where Willikins is a straight up murderer. Yeah, Vimes doesn't, like, sometimes he uses him, yeah. but sometimes he just sort of turns a blind eye. He's got this person who exists outside of the law, which, mm -hmm. again, Not in real good. life, a cop doing that is terrible. In the in fiction, okay, good. Sometimes you can't go murder the guy who tried to kill your son. Yeah. But, you know. But in this, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a straight up murderer. He's really tough. He bullies the snobbish servants mm -hmm. because he's the head servant because he's, yeah. uh, Vimes is like, uh, yeah. valet, his manservant, his, uh. Yeah, all my understanding of this stuff comes from Downton Abbey. Yes. So I'm just trying to imagine Carson. Yes. Being like this tough and yeah. I, it does not compute. <laughs> But he, oh, he's really great in this, and he gives someone for Vimes to talk to that is as observant as Vimes is. Yes, they're not exactly friends because, uh, you yeah, know, but Vimes he... doesn't have anyone he can relate to yeah. because Terry Pratchett made the choice to make Sybil this, mm -hmm. this like horrible wife thing. He's got no one. But he has this in Willikins, mm -hmm. and we haven't really seen Willikins' character fully realized up until now, mm -hmm. and he's so great. He's yeah. just fun to watch. And it feels like, in lesser hands, it could be like, oh, wow, 
you're, you're bringing back this character mm-hmm. that's a nothing, huh? And now the book is half focused on him. That's weird. Like, he's probably the, the first supporting character. Yeah. Like, the top supporting character. And like I say, in lesser hands, it would feel like uh, this character is not interesting enough to warrant that. But Totally that interesting. He is. Yep. And it's great. And I would have liked more with The Watch mm-hmm. because this is the last Watch book. There wasn't a ton of Watch in this. There a little, was a little bit. bit, but yeah. not much. Um, but yeah, Lickens was fantastic. There's a bit where an angry mob is sort of like on the brink of mm-hmm. maybe being on the right side, maybe not. And all it takes is like someone firing an arrow at the wrong person mm-hmm. at, at the uh, local constabulary's mom. And someone in the crowd does that, and things someone. turn things turn to to Vimes's mm-hmm. favor. And later, it turns out, oh yeah, Willikins did that. It was Willikins. Yeah, yeah. You asshole. So let's talk about Feeny. Okay. Yep. Um. So out in the country, the constabulary that I mentioned is one. Uh, Stephen Briggs read him like the squeaky, fa- like the pimply faced teenager mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Uh, squeaky voice teenager from The Simpsons. So I think he's like fourteen, but he's yeah. probably twenty or something. But like a kid, his dad was a was a, a decent dude, like who was also the the local law enforcement. Yeah. But he just started doing it. He doesn't really know what he's doing, and it gives Vimes a wonderful opportunity to come in and mm-hmm. teach someone. Because apart from the stuff with young Sam, he's never gotten a chance to do that. Also, the law out here is really just do what rich people say. Like yeah. Vimes has a moment where he's like, who did you swear to? Because he makes all of his guys swear to uphold the law. Yeah. And Feeney says, well, I swore to the magisters, which is just like a group of local oh, yeah. rich Vimes guys. Fucking and, goes yeah, off. he goes yeah. completely librarian. Like he yeah. goes nuts. It's so good. Because he's like, no, you don't answer to people. Yeah. You answer to, to laws. the law. And if enough people want to change the law, they can do that. But you don't answer to people. And uh, it's very good. It's really good. Yeah. And gradually watching Feeney mm-hmm. get better, like... Oh, you're that Commander Vimes, and gradually learn and still say, "Look, you are the famous Sam mm-hmm. Vimes, but also this is my jurisdiction, and you need to like give me like." There's yeah, a bit of there's that. Things there's things that of give I and know. Take. Yeah, and it's it's good. I like it. It's he's a fun character. There's also some stuff that's kind of unfortunate where oh, his yeah. his grandma um is from uh the counterweight continent, mm-hmm. which is Asia. Asia. Um, and there's a bunch of like pretty cheap jokes about Chinese food and like martial yeah. arts that are like, they're, and there's like a lot of them. They're basically jokes on how the short syllables of Chinese words for food sound like rude words in English. Yeah. Like suck dog. Get it? Ha ha. Okay. Whatever. And it wasn't like one of them. It was peppered throughout the entire no, book. And it's Vimes doing it. It's yeah. like he hears Feeney talking about it and he's like, oh, so blow dog suck. Huh? Ha ha ha. Like, okay. Shut up, Vimes. Yeah. I, I worked around guys like this, like when yeah. I worked on a Navy base and like they needed to shut up too. Yeah. So that was annoying. It, it was, but. Feeney was good. Feeney was good. And he, yeah, he take he learns from Vimes and he learns about being a cop and he learns what the difference between, you know, just being a thug working for the rich people and mm-hmm. upholding the law, like what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, so the summoning dark is still with Vimes. Yeah, so there is a weird thing about that. So the, there's some cool stuff where the goblins come to Vimes for help because they know he's been possessed by the summoning dark mm-hmm. and they live underground like the dwarves. So mm-hmm. they also hear a lot of the same not gods. Right. Um, but the summoning dark, so still in Vimes mm-hmm. and it lets him see in the dark and do other stuff. And it's a voice in his head, but it's weird because when we met the summoning dark before, it was almost like a ravening beast. Like it was just like a kill, kill, kill thing. Yeah, that whole book was about him getting it yeah. under control and basically putting it in jail. Yeah. It's still in his head, He, but he's got it under control now. But now it talks to him in sort of a suave, yeah. like, aren't we all chummy together? I See, I liked that because, first of all, again, it shows that he got it under control. Second, and this is in the text, mm-hmm. it says it's highly possible that the Summoning Dark took control of Vimes to make Coombe Valley happen because mm-hmm. everything that happened in Coombe Valley changed the world and mm-hmm. everything's better now. And it like it might have been using him as a vessel. So it might have sort of been dialing it up for that. It, it just sort of felt like there wasn't, like we were missing a middle step. Like I, I so. buy that the Summoning Dark is this now. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like, nope, it's not. It just felt like we, we saw him sort of tame it and put it in a cage, yeah. but we didn't see it sort of, 
turn around and start mm. sort of talking to him rather than just sort of barking at him. I see what you're saying, but that didn't bother yeah. me. It, it's, it reminded me of Tiffany having pieces of the hiver mm -hmm. in her still to the extent that she can understand languages now. It, it was just a nice extra. And what I like is he's got this demon, mm -hmm. basically, that helps him. And it it helps him make leaps when he doesn't have enough clues or right. when he doesn't like he does but he recognizes this is not admissible in court i can't go in front of veterinari and say a demon told me yes because of this thing that possessed me in a dwarf mind six years ago i can now just tell you who's guilty that's that that, that way lies madness it let him uh speak goblin to the goblins yep. and anytime we see an outside perspective it's like uh what, what? are you two saying right now what are, what's happening but what i like is vimes acknowledges this immediately it's not like he had to fail to figure this out he's like oh yeah obviously this can point me in the right direction but mm -hmm. then i still need evidence i still need witnesses like real living witnesses and at one point he's trying to get some information out of someone and he just presents the facts as he as he knows right. them and the dude corroborates them because that's what actually happened so like that's how you do it and i kind of like him having an unofficial helper but still having to do the work right and that was all good. Um, so, okay, let's talk about that Jane Austen bit. Okay, yeah. So do you want to go ahead and read the quote first? And it then is we'll talk very, about very, it? very long. I, Enjoy. I, I only highlighted one thing, but it's like three pages long because I didn't know where to stop because it's all very good. So he goes to this house mm -hmm. where, like, it's one of Sybil's many, many, many friends. Yep. And she's got four daughters, mm -hmm. I think. And, and then one of them's off being a lumberjack. There's surprising amount of, they're out in the margins, mm -hmm. they're not in the main part of the story, but there's a surprising amount of queer characters in this, in a good way. Yeah. Like, not as a joke, but yeah, the one daughter's a lumberjack and dating a very butch woman, mm -hmm. and the family doesn't approve, but the narrator doesn't seem to mind, mm -hmm. so that's okay. That's, because that's how the world is. And there's another one of the magistrates is like... Oh, yeah, the colonel talks about yeah. a guy he knew in, in, in army. But there's also one of the, oh, the one another. of the magistrates is goes around in uh like wearing pants and has a a, a very good friend ah, that's right, always right, right. you know. Yeah. But th there were several occasions yeah. where it's just like, why not put some queer people in here? And he did. Good job. Uh but uh the other three are just sort of sitting around mm -hmm. sighing, waiting for husbands. Mm -hmm. Uh so here we go. This is Vimes. Excuse me asking, ladies, but what is it that you actually, I mean, do? For a living, I mean. The question elicited five genuinely blank looks. Vimes couldn't tell the daughters from one another, except the one called Emily, who certainly lodged in the mine and possibly also in doorways. This isn't a fat joke. She's got big boobs, which doesn't make it better, but that's that's what that's about. She's supposed to be, like, exceptionally beautiful. Yeah. Um, and who now said, in the tones of one slightly out of her depth, I do beg your pardon, Commander, but I don't think we understand what you've just vouchsafed. I mean, well, how do you make a living? Are any of you in employment? How do you make your daily crust? What work do you do? Vimes could pick up nothing from Sybil because he couldn't see her face, but the girl's mother was staring at him with gleeful fascination. Oh well, if he was going to get it in the neck, he might as well get it all the way down. I mean, ladies, how do you make your way in the world? How do you earn your keep? Apart from bonnets, do you have any skills, like cookery, for example? Another daughter, quite possibly Mavis, but Vimes was uh, but Vimes was guessing, cleared her throat and said, Fortunately, Commander, we have servants for that sort of thing. We're gentlewomen, you see. It would be quite, quite unthinkable for us to go into trade or commerce. The scandal! It's just not done! But now, by now there appeared to be a competition to see who could terminally baffle who, or possibly whom, first. But Vimes managed to say, Don't you have a sister in the timber business? It was amazing, he thought, that neither their mother nor Sybil was as yet adding anything to the conversation. And now another sister, possibly Amanda, looked about to speak. Why in the world do they wear all those silly diaphanous dresses? You couldn't hope to do a day's work in something as skimpy as that. Amanda, possibly, said carefully, I'm afraid our sister is a bit of an embarrassment to the family, your grace. What, for getting a job? Why? Another one of the girls, and Vimes was in fact getting really confused at this point, said, Well, Commander, she has no hope of making a good marriage now. Uh, not to a gentleman. This was becoming a tangle, and so Vimes said, Tell me, ladies, what is a gentleman? After some whispered conversations, a sacrificial daughter said, very nervously, We understand the gentleman is a man who does not have to sully his hands by working. Adamantium is said to be the strongest of all metals, but it would have been it would have bent around the patience of Sam Vimes, as he said, with every syllable carefully smelted, Oh, a layabout. <laughs> and how do you go about snagging such a gentleman, pray? Now the girls looked as if they were indeed praying. 
One of them managed to say, You see, Commander, our dear late father was unlucky in the money market, and I'm afraid that until the death of Great Aunt Marigold, whom we've all expectations, there is, alas, no money for a dowry for any of us. The heavens held their breath while the concept of a dowry was explained to Sam Vimes, <laughs> and ice formed on the windows as he sat in strangulated thought. As he cleared his throat and said, Ladies, the solution to your problem, in my opinion, would be get off to, to get off your quite attractive backsides, go out there in the world, and make your own way. A dowry? You mean some man has to be paid to marry you? What century do you think you're looking living in? Is it just me, or is it the most bloody stupid thing you could ever imagine? He glanced at the beautiful Emily and thought, Good grief, men would line up on the lawn to fight one another, my dear. How come no one's ever told you? Gentility is all very well, but practicality has its uses. Get out in the world and let the world see you, and it might find a new word in its vocabulary, such as perhaps, wow. Aloud, he continued, honestly, there are a lot of jobs out there for a young lady with her wits about her. The Lady Civil Free Hospital is always on the lookout for sharp girls to train as nurses, for example. Good pay, very fetching uniforms, and a fine chance of snagging a skilled young physician who is on the way to the top, especially if you get your boot behind him. Plus, of course, as a nurse, you could inherit an amazingly large amount of amusing and embarrassing stories about which about things which people put. Perhaps not. This is not the time. But anyway, there's also the possibility of becoming a matron if you reach the specified weight. Boo. Boo. A very responsible job of use to the community at large and giving you the end of a long day of satisfaction. You have done some good in the world. And then later in the conversation, it's even mentioned that women can become doctors now. Right. Like, the whole point, and sorry for all of that, but... Like, that's how I feel watching movies about that, those kind. I know you love that stuff, and I, I don't begrudge you do. that. Yeah, that's fine. But also, it's this is one of those things where it's easy to say it. And in this series, we've reached a point where women can do this stuff. Yeah. But at this time, women literally could not. No, so I know. I know, you know. I know. And I know that's like the books are aware of that yeah. and are trying to sort of mock that or whatever. But I love him just like... Like, for all the the horrible wife garbage, mm-hmm. this is what I was talking about earlier, I just don't think of, like, apart from all of that, mm-hmm. which is considerable, I don't think of him as a sexist guy. Like, all his sergeant, like, mm-hmm. Ango is a captain now. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, they can only get to sergeant, there's a there's a glass ceiling. Like, there's women at the highest level. A fantasy level. glass ceiling, please. Well, of course, a crystal ceiling. <laughs> yes, a crystal ceiling. But, like, the, the rank right below Vimes is captain, mm-hmm. and there's at least one woman in that. We mm-hmm. don't know the whole watch, but we know at least one woman is there, the one that's been there the longest. And Cherry is the chief, um, Well, like, she's, a, uh, she's a sergeant, but she's sort of, like, the... The, the she's, head sergeant. She's well, like a she's, staff sergeant. Yeah, she's the one who runs their uh, forensics department yeah. with an Igor. Yeah, and we don't have time to get into it, but she's got a great little subplot Aww. where she. We've seen her become like from this meek mm-hmm. male presenting dwarf who wanted to be mm-hmm. present female to proudly presenting female mm-hmm. to kicking down doors and demanding answers when it requires mm-hmm. like. That's still not her best thing, but when the job requires it, she does it, and it's so great that she's still. And her and Igor are working together, and they they both get on very well. Yeah. That and that's the Igor from the book, uh, the the one who didn't fit in in Uber right, 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 right. who got sent back. And we we hear that she's got a little crush on Carrot. Yeah, and which, it's it's just a little, just a little. I mean, a little of course, crush. It's so cute. Of course, because he's a nice dwarf boy and he's handsome, like Aww. all the dwarf girls. Probably. And she knows that there's that's. Yeah, I know. He's it, with Angua, it, and also he yeah. probably is not interested in me, but but she's still got it, and Aww, it's cute. It's so cute. Yeah, but. I, like, I could talk about Cheery forever. I like that Vimes, again, apart from that rather considerable mm-hmm. thing, seems to be pretty egalitarian about all this stuff and says, you don't need to wait around for a husband. Come on. He does, but in like in that same sequence and later in the same sequence, he talks about how if you want, like you'll you'll snag a doctor to there be your husband yeah, and yeah, yeah. then you should support him in his efforts. And there's more talk later on about getting with the husband and supporting him in his efforts, which is what Sybil did yeah. to Vimes, which is kind of sweet in a way, but it's also kind of like, well... That's how if, the previous generation did it, but you're maybe... truly, like, yeah. egalitarian, then why isn't he supporting his nurse That's wife? true, but, you know, like, but it's still, it still, to me, reads as being mostly on the right side of history, and I that's one of the things I like about him, and I liked all of that. But I, I, because I'm not familiar with any of yeah. those books, I can't speak to, like, was there some good satire or anything? This has felt a lot like when we did the... Um, the Cherry the, Orchard thing? Uh, no, more the Masquerade one, ah, where okay. it was just like, 
no have knowing stuff about it didn't really get there wasn't any ah. new information oh, that's and what this is th- there wasn't any sort of he didn't have any real depth of mm-hmm. critique or like no, discussing it was just to just saying just, hey this is a thing and it was a cute sequence and i enjoyed it he's just pastiching it in and there was a there's a great big afterwards where it turns out that sybil brought him specifically to do this to shake that's the what i wanted up. to say yeah, yeah is the reason the mother was looking at him like that is because she need she knew they needed this and mm-hmm. wouldn't listen to her so it also could have been sort of mansplaining it could have been a man coming in and telling them how to make their lives better and instead, it was just the mother saying, maybe you'll listen to someone who's important. Maybe right. because you're mooning over men, you'll listen to a man. But, or it's just someone from the outside. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I want. And now he's saying it. And I liked all that. And also, it's set up that one of the daughters is an author. And she's supposed to be a sort of another Jane Austen type. Yeah, I think her name is even Jane. Yeah, she's writing uh, like a comedy of manners. And they... At the end of the book... Um, this is like the last line of yeah. the book. This is set up very well. And this was almost our puner play on words. Yes. But the book she ends up writing because she talks to Vimes, who talks about policing, is mm-hmm. Pride and Extreme Prejudice. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. And as a book-ending punchline, it came from out of nowhere. It's like, oh, you set this up a long time yeah, ago, and I completely pre- forgot it was, about it. It was, it was really funny. Yeah. We need to start wrapping things up, though. Okay. Do you have any final... Points or thoughts. Uh, oh, God. I have a lot of notes. Let's just move on. No, I mean, if you have any, like, nope. sort of shining thing. No, we need to move on. Very well. Uh, what do you, what do we have for a pune or play on words? Okay. This is at the, in that end sequence where Vetinari and Vimes are talking. Oh, yes. I am saddened to say that at this moment in the complex world of human troll and dwarven politics, I feel that that might have some long-term repercussions, making it an unfortunate option for this city. I have to to negotiate this problem, and believe me, it's going to take a lot of quid for the pro quo. And it's only 9.30 in the morning. That's very good. Uh, We we did have more of Vetinari, like, being... Like just completely mm-hmm. baffled by the crossword. Oh, again. so good. Well, because we he have got the, upset. We have the scene at the end where Vimes is sitting in his office. Yeah. And I'm like, here we go. Vetinari was furious. Wait, what? Oh, he's furious at Vimes. No, he's no. furious at the crossword. And it was a nice fake out. Oh, it was very good. Yes, and uh, we now know that his his nemesis is like the head of the crossword now. Oh. Like, the, yeah. Uh, anything else? Nope, I think so. I think not. We can go on to the end stuff. Very well. Uh, for our cliche count, uh, no quantums. I feel like we're out of the era of quantums. That and was things more in the wizard stuff. Well, it was, no, it was kind of the middle books. I remember yeah. books like 17, 18, mm-hmm. 90. He just like, I think that's what science was talking about. And that's mm-hmm. what he was talking about. Um, something that happens to other people. He's finally gotten out of his system too, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, there was an occurrence of the leopard changing his shorts. Oof. Because I don't know why. Um there was a susuration, there were three gingerlies, and ten surreptitiouses. So many. Or surreptitiously, or with surreptition. Mm-hmm. But, one other thing I wanted to point out. For some reason, and not because of young Sam, this has nothing to do no, with his Everything his with young Sam excrement fascination. was poo. Yeah. He suddenly discovered the word shit. And it stands out because nobody swears in Discworld yeah, books. They might say a damn. Yeah, but... And there has been maybe a shit or a shite once or twice, but... There's like, damn is a good fantasy word. Eight times. Eight times. So many times. And it doesn't offend me. It doesn't bother me. It just, it's so out of place. It's the Picard show (laughs) suddenly decided that everyone in Star Trek says fuck all the time. Damn fuck ass shit fuck. Star Trek. And it's, it's, again, so out of place because for so many years... There hadn't been, mm-hmm. and now there is. And it just, like, why? Also, why was this book called Snuff, apart from the fact that the word Snuff appeared in it a bunch because Vimes takes Snuff? Uh, because of the tobacco and the, place. And the double meaning of yeah. Snuff meaning kill. But yeah. th- it's, it, was it wasn't just a, a major part of the book. No, it was an odd. Yeah. Like, I feel like if he's struggling for titles, he tries to find a word that he uses a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like in Thud, the word Thud came up yeah. a bunch. But that worked. Yeah. In this, the word snuff came up a lot, and so that's the title of the book, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Could have called it shit. <laughs> I guess so. It wasn't, though. Uh, in fact, I give it an A. I gave it a B. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, like, the experience of reading it was good. I just had a lot of problems with it. I had some problems, but I will not deny sentiment plays a part mm-hmm. in this. Vimes is my favorite character. This is his last, like, starring adventure. Yeah. 
sad to see him go and there's a lot of good stuff and you love to walk and watch him walk away <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of good stuff it was also good to watch the wonderful fanny walk away oh yeah <laughs> Is that what it was called? Stupid the Wonderful joke. Fanny? Yeah, the Wonderful Fanny. There's a boat, the river boat. Uh, the big chase at the end happens. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's... everyone who says the name afterwards is like, <laughs> the, the, really, the one? Mm? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, her name was Francesca. Francesca, okay? And he loved her very much, so he named the boat after her. It's like the, <laughs> the stars and the freckles. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that's all for this time. That's it. Next time is Raising Steam, the penultimate book of the series, the final Moist von Litvig book, the final non-Tiffany Aching book. Yeah, a bit of a snore fest, as I recall. I don't remember. Yeah. We'll find out uh, for us in a week, for you guys in a month, unless you're patrons. This has been a co-production of Ron Algarwad and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2020 and 2021. For full archives, RSS feed, and more, more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.